We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are looking at uh, yet another, and, and I am always, always happy when I can add yet another animated Doctor Who adventure to our uh, hopefully someday complete collection of every Doctor Who episode that ever existed. Um, I can I can hope, but this time it's the second Doctor adventure, the Macra Terror on an Earth colony. A man, Medoc, causes a scene during practice for a celebration. He's seen creatures in the colony at night. His cries are branded as hallucinations, but he runs away before they can restrain him. He is inadvertently captured by the Doctor, Jamie, Polly, and Ben, who are thanked for capturing the dangerous man and taken back to the colony as guests. Everyone there is very cheerful and works very hard, but the Doctor has his suspicions and wants to talk to Medoc. He releases him from captivity. That night, the Doctor finds Medoc outside after curfew. They encounter the Macra, giant crab-like creatures. They are recaptured, and Medoc naively believes they'll have to believe him this time. The leader of the colony is the pilot, but he is overseen by Control, an unmoving photo of a face on a viewscreen. Rather than get the Doctor in trouble, Medoc lies to the pilot, telling him that the Doctor was trying to convince him to surrender. Medoc is sent for rehabilitation. Control orders the Doctor and gang to be subjected to high-power adaptation while they sleep. Only Ben is weak-willed enough to be overcome by the insidious brainwashing and turns the Doctor in for sabotaging the equipment. Polly leaves, trying to get away from the traitorous Ben, but she encounters the Macra. Ben finds her and helps her escape the clutches of the Macra, but when they return to the pilot and try to corroborate the Doctor's tale that there are creatures, Ben denies the Macra exist. They convince the pilot to show them the real controller, not just the photograph on the screen. And when control allows it, it is the same man, but ancient, a broken wreck of a man willing to do anything his unseen captors tell him. The doctor, Polly, and Jamie are sentenced to working in the gas mines, and the voice of control makes everyone else forget what they saw. They meet up with Medoc, who is also in the mines. He protects the doctor by getting him assigned above-ground work in the control room. The Doctor agrees so that he can find a way to cause mischief. In the mine, Jamie escapes down a forbidden tunnel. Medoc attempts to follow him, but is killed by the Macra. When Ben betrays Jamie again, gas is pumped into the tunnels to incapacitate him. The gas also serves some other sinister purpose. The Doctor reverses the gas flow just in time to save Jamie, but he and Polly must escape down another forbidden tunnel, where they find the control room filled with macra running the colony. The macra need the poisonous gas to survive. Gosh, if they needed poisonous gas to survive, we could have just given them all our car pollution. (laughs) Escaping and then returning to see the pilot again, the doctor convinces him to go see what he's discovered. Control go crazy, deposing the pilot and demanding their capture. But after the pilot sees the truth, they are trapped in a tunnel with a gas being pumped in. Ben regains his senses when his friends are in danger and, with the doctor's coaching, causes a gas explosion, killing the Macra. The colony is saved, 
the gang escape the planet before the doctor can be named the new pilot. The end. Just going to ask, what was wrong with the old pilot? He wasn't dead yet. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Macra Terror. So, uh, uh, tell us, tell us the provenance of this animation, Simon. I'm sure you're, uh, more versed on it than I am. Well, it, the, the, uh, the provenance is it's from the same stable as the, uh, full reanimation of Power of the Daleks and the more recent animation of the missing bits or the never, the never filmed bits of Sharda, um, Directed by Graham Norton, I think at least most of it, and uh, also the the very short um, screening from a couple of years back of about ten minutes of Wheel in Space at the BFI. Well, that's right. They did put that BFI, that Wheel in Space thing, that never went anywhere because they haven't reanimated all well, we, of Wheel yes, in Space, which we all thought was going to be the rest of Wheel in Space. <laughs> But it turned out, no, they were not lying when they said it's just 10 minutes. But there you go. They should be smacked upside the face for that, I have to say. And you don't have access to the uh, the BritBox uh, Wheel in Space recreation that they put together a year or so ago for the United States, do you? Uh, I don't. I, we had something like BritBox over here, but I didn't have it. I don't. I don't think it's available in any other other form. What I have, we do yeah. have. Um, is the the so uh, Macrotera has been animated to uh, release on home video, like a lot of the other ones that we have looked at, mm-hmm. and it has been released along with the recons for uh, the episodes as well. So you get quite you get quite a good pack double di- double disc Blu-ray or DVD with a uh, an animation. And 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 this the, uh, another difference with this one. Well, I guess Shadow also was, but this one was animated in color. So, so it was Power of the Daleks. Oh no, no, I see what pa- you're saying. Pa- Power, Power of the Daleks, Daleks was animated black, white, and colorized, wasn't it? It it was indeed. So it it was it was released with a color version. So obviously there may have been some market testing going on there, but it was done, as I understand it, as something of an afterthought, where they'd animated it and then. I think maybe even a different team um, put the put the color on to create a color version because they thought, well, we've got this here and we can make it more uh, more attractive for a modern audience by having it in color. And then clearly the next animation released was Sharda, and that was going to be in color anyway because it's a color story. And with this one, they went in and animated it in color and then produced a black and white version alongside it on the DVD. So you get the colour version, you get the black and white version, and you get the recon episodes. And it, it's a very good package. You get you get them with the... Um, as, as has been done with a number of the recons, with the kind of explanatory text on screen, because the, the, the kind of surviving footage plus stills doesn't always explain all the action. Right. You also get... Um, the option to play it with the linking narration, which explains the missing action um, recorded by Annika Wills for the for the CD release of it. So it's a, it's a pretty complete package. And if that weren't enough, you do get 10 minutes of Wheel in Space on top of that. So, Well, I mean, it sounds like an amazing package. And if only they'd release it in the United States before October of 2019. <laughs> I, I, I really am at a loss on that. Um, it's, you know. it's it's strange, very strange. It's pirated all over the place in the United States. I, I, I know why, for a fact. I don't understand why they would not think it would be 
I mean, they're going to release it in the US. Yeah. Why? Why not? I, I really that would, market. It's, is it because they have to we, master we, we, it differently for for NTSC or or whatever whatever I, technically I we use now in HD? Uh, uh, I, I, is it because I, they don't I, want to I crowd really, other releases? Well, I think that's much more likely. I I, th- I think it, I think it's much less likely to be anything technical because I can't see why it would require that much time and even if it did you could delay the whole release I think it's more likely to be a marketing issue certainly over here um, the other kind of big doctor well you know I think you get them in the US as well but the, the other kind of big doctor who home video releases that are going on now are getting about three seasons a year of the classic show coming out on blu-ray and they they have they they always announce the next one before one gets released. Well, they held off on doing that when the Macro Terra came out, so that they could give it its own moment in the limelight, which obviously will have helped it in the UK market. But it, that was like April, it right? Done much for the US. It, yes, it came came out, or maybe think- it was out of earlier than that. It was certainly for. Yeah, first quarter of 2019. All right. Well, that's uh, it's and this is all four episodes. Nothing, this is all four episodes. Nothing yes, survives. It's like Power of the Daleks. It's all episodes. Cli- cl- clips survive, but nothing mm. amounting to a complete. Well, I'd say a complete episode. There's barely anything amounts to a complete scene. So it, yes, it's it's an unlike most of the ones that we have looked at it's only only power of the daleks was completely and that was obviously six episodes and this is four episodes so it's a it's a pretty major undertaking in animation terms where all the others were two episodes at the most yeah why macro terror i mean why that story if you had a guess you'd have to you'd have to say well I, i i mean to turn it the other way around which missing stories and I, I get, I guess that there has to be some reason why they're going for completely missing stories. Um, which, which completely missing stories would you like to see back, or an, an animated version of? Uh, I, you know, I'd have to be looking at a list in in front of me, and to, to remember which is completely missing. Which is completely missing. You know, I mean, I can think of many episodes, well, many. Oh, Wheel in Space comes right off the top of my head, but it's not completely missing. Well, no, but episode, yeah, three and six or three and five of that is still around. Yeah, two of them still exist. So, um, and it's an important one. Picking up Cyberman, picking up a new companion. Um, I, I, the thing that automatically comes into my head for complete stories I want back would be the Highlanders. Um, Yeah, but it is historical and those are not, yeah. I, well, I, I like his. I'd like to see that. I would like to see the Highlanders. Don't get me wrong. That, that that would be up there because it is the first episode with Jamie. And yes, I would definitely like to see that. But you know, if I had the list in front of me and there was like probably any space ones first would be the more likely uh, of the bunch. But uh, I don't know. It just it just seemed. You know, it would make more, it would make sense to me if they just started at the earliest completely missing episode and said we're going to do missing ones. Let's do Marco Polo, or which is a huge one. What is it like twenty eight parts long? Something. It's about it's about seven, I think. I mean, that is completely missing, and yeah. I I would love to see that. They did Power of the Daleks, which was six. Yeah. Um, I get. I guess your point about historical stand stands with that. But so what do we have after Power of the Daleks then? Okay, so let, let's work on the assumption here that these guys have created the artwork and they're reusing the artwork, although they're not, because Polly has a short haircut. Um, but I guess you could just rejig her head, um, you know, from Power well, of the Well, okay, but, I, but, I, have, I, have, 
You know, what, what came have, after Power of the Dogs? You've got... The Highlanders. Is that the very next one? Yes. I thought there was one more. Okay, so there's the Highlanders, and then pretty soon we and get then, to the moon base. Uh, well, that's, that's a little bit later. There's, a, there's an important one that I certainly would like to see completely... Well, not completely reanimated, but the missing episodes reanimated following the Highlanders, because I consider it to be a significant uh, story in terms of just the quality and a standout in terms of Doctor Who history, which is, of course, the underwater menace. Oh, yeah, okay. See, underwater menace, I'd like to see them restore the underwater menace so it wouldn't be that horrible mess that they gave us before. The, the recon yeah, was indeed. terrible. I mean, it's a story. It's a story that des- it it deserves be having some attention lavished. It might it. even be watchable really if they uh, yeah. if they put uh, if they animated it back again. I would certainly watch it again if they do that. I will give them my money again if they animate Underwater Menace. And I didn't like it, but I am willing to <laughs> I am willing to acknowledge that it could very well be because I thought it was a, not only was it just a recon which i'm not a big fan of it was a terrible recon the sound was bad the the pictures they only had like the six pictures for the entire story they just kept using them over and over and over again um this this the sound though may be an issue that would put them off doing the animation but they did i if, my if, understanding if, if, is that they were told I, I was told that they were told so the, the guy who did the Underwater Menace and the reconstruction team was at a Gallifrey one that I attended to. I'm sure I must have mentioned at the time. And mm-hmm. they were given explicit instructions to do nothing Yes. to, to make it better. And so no sound processing, no, no, you know, we can do better. We can clean up these pictures. We can do some, no, nothing. Get it out the door. And I just, I, I you know, I don't know, but I, I think that, you know, I don't think it's thought to be one of the greatest stories in in Doctor Who history by many people. It's not highly regarded. Well, I, I don't think different. that release did it justice that it might be better. And and since well, we're I, on that topic, what did what what prior to watching the Macra Terror, you know, based on your understanding of fan perception or or community perception or what do you want to call it, the Macra Terror, where did the Macra Terror sit in the pantheon of stories that people thought would be important or good well, i th- i think i think there's a reflection here of the fact that we have we've spent 15 minutes talking about the other stories that might have been animated rather than talking about the macro terror itself which we have just watched mm-hmm. and so i guess that probably indicates we're not particularly eager to discuss it it's not I certainly that 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 reflect. So uh, what I would say is, uh, give me any Troughton story that's that, that's missing. I will be delighted to have something back in the fold. Great. Um, Macra Terra was never one that you heard the, the kind of whispers of. Oh, that, you know, that's that's a really great story. If only that was the one that that gets rediscovered in mm. some cache of film canisters somewhere, right? Eastern Africa or wherever. It, it's it just doesn't have that kind of reputation. Nope. Okay. I mean, and there are people who would want that one missing episode of Web of Fear. Probably would say, "I'll take one Web of Fear over all of Macra Terror." I think that's short-sighted, but I would. But you know, no, I, I, I can imagine fandom concur. saying that. Okay. I, so I, I would. Yeah. So I watched this with uh, my friend David, um, mm-hmm. who is also a very long time Doctor Who fan. And going into this, we both we kind of had a little discussion about this. Is like, where do you think Macra Terror? I mean, why Macra Terror? It's like this is not. It's like, this is a mystery why they would pick this one. But okay, I don't care. It's Trouton's story. We're getting it back. I'm 
ready to watch it. And when we're done with it, I will tell you right now, we both enjoyed it quite a bit. It's like, oh, that's okay. not nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. It's not bad. You no, know, I don't want, it's like... I, I don't want to give that impression. I, I was, that was a perfectly serviceable, good episode serviceable. of Doctor Who. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. It's, there is a lot of, oh, we've been captured, oh, we've been let loose, oh, we've been captured, oh, we've been let loose, oh, we've been captured, we've been let loose. But Well, I, 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 yes, I mean, I think, I think it's not the best Troughton team. It suffers from the fact that there are three companions. Yeah. And so the whole Ben getting brainwashed thing is obviously just a way to shunt him out of the picture. For I, I can, wow, I can see why Ben Craze was not happy about the whole Jamie thing. You know, if this is what they're... You mean Michael Craze? The, the actor. I, yeah. Sorry, did I say Ben Craze? Yeah, yeah. yeah Michael Craze. Yeah. yeah. I can see why he was not really on board with this idea, because th- this smells of, hey, let's give action to the Highland guy. <laughs> like, and and I, 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 have, I have nothing against Ben, but he's a long way from being one of my favorite companions. He works quite well, because there's a nice dynamic with Polly. So when, when it's the two of them... Yeah. You know, it's him and the Duchess. I, I enjoy I enjoy them as a team. Rather rather than being particularly a Ben fan, I'm a you know, it's it's Ben and Polly as a package. Jamie is a much, much more interesting companion. I would probably rate Jamie and Zoe as perhaps my favourite all time companion team from the show. Um so I I can see why he would feel eclipsed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that's one thing that came out of it, and I think another thing I'm going to say is I think this story benefited, just like I was saying. I think Underwater Menace did not benefit from the recon that they did. I think this story benefited from the fact that they animated it and they did a nice color job, and they didn't try to shot for shot okay. recreate it in in some ways. I mean, obviously the macro right, right. don't look right. anything I, like. I, I, so let me I I. I want, I want, most of what I want to talk about is to do with the animation. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have in the same way observed the differences uh, between the animation. Um, I just got another couple of points about the story and then I think yeah. I'm done with discussing the story. One is that it, it seemed to me to be like Ian Stewart Black had, had decided it would be a good idea on a children's TV show to do a retelling of 1984. Oh, did you notice that? <laughs> Is it, 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 it's, I mean, I just thought, like, you know, it's kind of like, re- well, the, the, the whole um, control on the screen thing, very much in your face and reminiscent of the, the, um, Big Brother. Yeah, the, and the, in the film version of the, of the rest of it. But, but he's, he, I mean, I, either, either he thought it's a good, good idea to do a children's version of this book, or maybe he just thought that, you know, 1984, Ripping story, jolly good, but it would have been better if it had giant crabs in it. So <laughs> let's do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are some there are some uh, uh, interesting uh, questions as to why. Uh, yes, <laughs> why the the macro are what the macro are in, in this story. I, yeah. I, I mean that aside, I I, I do quite. I'll admit I quite like the idea of a colony ruled by giant crabs. I'm not sure the groundwork is there to quite put it all together. But, you know, so, some of it, the, 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 again, I think uh, the, the idea of them, having, of, of, of them having to be sealed in this gas in order to survive and that they, you know, per, 
perhaps because it's not their natural environment they need slaves to mine the gas for them or whatever it is um bit bit sort of reminiscent of the the, the gas fats in Quatermass too but maybe that's just because we only recently did it um, but it didn't make sense to me that then they, they they were sealed there in their control room fine but then for example where Polly goes onto the building site and bumps into them in episode two yeah they're out every not, night she's not having any trouble with gas or whatever they seem to be so she she can breathe so it's obviously normal oxygen it doesn't make any sense it, it doesn't yeah that that part was bugging me throughout the course of the episode um first off we kind of i think the doctor kind of gives a brief explanation that maybe these creatures came up from the depths of the planet which eh, giant crab-like creatures from caves within the planet it seems a little dodgy and if they can't breathe up here why did they come up here i mean i guess if they're intelligent maybe well, it's, it's, it's just like going into space yeah yeah, it's, and it's 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 like it's like us developing uh, air travel or or you know be, being able to or de- perhaps a better example would be air conditioning being able uh, to live in large numbers in places where it would probably otherwise be fairly uninhabitable. Yeah, I I, I can think of a place like that off the top of my <laughs> head. <I> can, <laughs> funny that. Yeah, I yes, um, you know, and maybe they're trying to what will be what will we call it? let's call it macroform the planet. Maybe that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> yes. You know, to gas it all up so that they can live and kill off the, the colony. I, you know, it's not it's not an unreasonable ambition for a, for an alien or for an intelligent race. Let's not call them alien, but uh, to to try to adapt their environment. So I, I kind of get that. But it does just seem a little weird. Then every night they seem to be able to come out and crawl around the colony, which if we're correct is poisonous gas to them what we understand now it'd be different if maybe they tried to give us this oh at night the mists come out and the planet's not as habitable for humans i think we've seen that on a we've seen that on another doctor who episode somewhere along the line and um and it's clearly just they need the the device is there to have the macro a sinister sinister background appearances of the macro before before we get the full-on reveal it adds tension to the story etc etc they just haven't done the groundwork to get away with that kind of shit because there's there's no there's no actual legitimate story reason why these macro are wandering around in the first place as far as i can tell yeah there's no reason i mean what are they you know what what are they hoping to find out there people yeah when you, what are they, you, you can know. tell the story without it what do you do with, with that? But, now i kind of wonder though to flip this and, and kind of talking about the animation i wonder if the macra would have been more effective and believable in the original televised form where if i understand correctly you really don't see them much you know they are really truly in the shadows they are really kind of hiding off here we're not seeing them ambulate around like they are here i mean they're pretty mobile in this version you see them you know booking along on their six little legs and whatnot which you know makes them look like they're doing a lot better out than maybe they did okay so here's here's the thing about this animation which i think is a particular thing about what what has been done in this story um in in the degree of it because i think we've talked in the past maybe a bit about style um, (laughs) in particular thinking about things like reign of terror where there was a much more anime feel to that animation and that was reeled in by the producers saying no no no, we want you to strict to stick to something that's a bit more vanilla 
and yet although the although the style of the animation which i i is a kind of separate issue which we can come back to it the style of the animation isn't particularly um you know it's not particularly stylized the the scope of what you can do with animation in terms of budget in the sense that certain things are very expensive with animation like doing all the kind of motion and lots of different shots of complicated things but on the other hand you can make your macro much more impressive because <laughs> you don't have any of the constraints of have it having to be a costume and work and, and you can do kind of instead of having to do models of the colony or whatever you can just do a drawing and it looks terrific and all this kind of thing so yeah okay there's there is a there is a scope to do things that wouldn't have been possible then and therefore a tension between are you trying to recreate what was or are you trying to do the best possible telling of the story that you've got with the tools that are in front of you because in some sense the animation is never going to be a perfect substitute for actually rediscovering the original film if it if it still exists anywhere but maybe the payoff for that is that you can do these things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do and i i imagine that's what i imagine that's what is behind the thinking here and include up to and including choices like making it in color <laughs> and only making ones that nothing exists so you don't have to switch back and forth between the clunk so yes. for example if one episode of the macro existed and we saw the stupid plastic tentacle <laughs> or claw yeah 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 that your de- your design is much more constrained to match the things that are in the episodes that exist. So, um, so you know, in, in some senses, Sharda absolutely had to do that because you were switching back and forth from scene to scene in order to right. do that. So, I am okay. sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say go, go ahead. I was well, going to ask you about the the stylistic choice of rendering the macra in basically three D computer rendering instead of what appears to be hand drawn rendering. The macro do well, there's not. A lot, there's a lot of 3D in this. Not the characters, I mean, of course, but those those are two dimensional yeah. drawing rigged up just like they did in Power of the Daleks. But the macro and stuff. No, no, are, the, 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 the 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 characters are 3D. They don't they don't render them the same way they do the macro. Even in a shot where you have the macro and the, the characters, textures are different. The textures they're are different. very different. Yeah, they're very different. The the macro almost pop off the screen when they're in it. At least, you know, particularly the scenes where they're crawling in and crawling out. You're just like, yeah, that's just that's just like they used a completely different animation tool. They put that one in the computer and said, render that up and just draw me a moving crab. And as opposed to, I, d- I don't think it, I don't think it's as big a difference as that. I just think they're it, hmm. it's a different texture. Um, but I think they look good. And here's and here's the thing. In where I stand on this, I am in principle in favour of doing stuff with the animation that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. I thought Reign of Terror should be more anime, and I am quite happy with the idea that you you know you do you do things with this that allow you to take advantage of possibilities that just wouldn't have been there. I'm almost almost willing to accept having it in colour. In principle, at least. But the pr- the problem that I think that we have with the macro terror animation, and I think it is a it's a serious problem in the sense that, at least for me, it was a serious problem in that it was distracting me from the story while I was watching it. Is that the choices that they have made in terms of things that they can do are now quite considerably at odds 
with what we are hearing on the soundtrack and that ultimately is the limitation they have to they have to use the original soundtrack because that that's what survives and what they show us on screen has in some way to match up with that so there's a couple of examples to indicate what there's a very simple one um there's a scene where the doctor is in, in episode three is i think i know what scene you as 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 modern detectives like to do writes on a glass screen Oh, it's yeah? exactly how you shoot. It's exactly how you shoot it in a in you know a kind of two, twenty teens type slick TV series. I look at that and I think I will bet you any money you like that is not what they did in the sixties. No, it's a chalkboard. But not you can o- hear the chalk. Not only that, you can hear its chalk exactly. Yeah. And there, and you so you have there you ha- you have this dissonance therefore, between what they want to do with the fancy visuals and what they have available to them with the audio. It's a really, really simple... When when it came up, I just thought, that is the perfect example of what has been bugging me here. And you know what? It's I thought total was, mismatch. What I thought was odd... Do you know what my reaction to that scene was? Yes, I clocked it that it was chalk. It's obviously chalk. And when I saw the Lucite board, you're just like, yeah, they didn't have that. I, I I just I know automatically they didn't have that. Not saying they didn't have lucite boards, but I just you know I know that that wasn't what we had on the screen. And then you hear the chalk, and you go, "That's definitely not." But you know what really impresses me about that is that when you hear the chalk, he's writing on the board. They match those <laughs> animations up extremely well. You you can tell the sounds well, of chalk. Cool. You know, like when you hear you hear a, you can hear a curve or you can hear a squiggly. When someone is writing with chalk, right? You can hear the, that's a straight line and that's a, you know, and they match those up pretty well. I mean, it is kind of gibberish what he's writing on the screen, but at the same time, they did a really good job of it. And I thought they were, it's a weird, weird how well they're paying attention to that detail when they're doing it. They could have done something like turn that shot on the side so that you couldn't see what the doctor was writing at the moment he was scribbling. But instead, they they kept you there the whole time through the board. So I thought that was which maybe uh, what maybe why they wanted to shoot it in that in that way because you get to see his face and you get to see what they're writing. And I guess it's a fairly easy thing to do in modern computer animation. So probably would have been really easy for them to uh, to replace those sounds with the sounds of a marker too. But then where do you? Well, okay. <laughs> exactly. Where so, do you? Where do you? change so where do you draw the line well so here's so here's another example this this is this is um this is not well no okay i'll i'll, I'll come back there were two, i'll see if you come to my my example i want sorry i'll see if you come to my example that i, okay, I have well, one that bugged me I've, I've got one other example of the dissonance issue which is that the so what so this idea that you can do things with the animation that you couldn't have done in the studio the the sequence at the end of episode two where the macra attacks polly or towards the end of episode two it Mm -hmm. grabs her boot in its claw Mm -hmm. and picks her up and hangs her upside down yeah it turns out that stunt animated characters are really cheap yep (laughs) because you can just turn the one you've got upside down and you know there's no there are no health and safety issues and none of that problem okay that's that's kind of okay but it it it's does that quite does that that almost matches with the sound she's like help help ben it's got my boot yep it's got her boot yeah that's sort of right but then you've got 
Ben rather unconvincingly hacking at the macra's legs. The macra's legs don't react because obviously animating that would be incredibly difficult. The macra then does back off. It's not clear why because it hasn't been, you know, the attack, Ben's assault on it wasn't particularly convincing, but okay, it does back off. Polly and Ben then stand holding each other exactly where they were with the macra just backing off. Polly says, let's go inside, but they don't unless I've missed something there, because it looks to me like the background is exactly the same in the subsequent shot as the as the previous one. And then the macro reappears. The, the logic is all shot to bits. It's like their reaction should be to run away. Even if the macro is backing off, they should run away, which, of course, they do in the original, and it is there on the audio. And then the macro appear from a different direction, and there is some more logic to it. But because that kind of chase sequence, all the all the kind of general movement of bo- body movement of the of the characters is not a strength of, of of these animations, because that stuff is difficult to see, they don't do that, and so you're left with the pacing from the audio where there was this running around, but scenes that have become incredibly static with them just sort of standing standing still. And if you watch the scene, um, because uh, it's it's part of what is in the surviving footage. Although, as you say, the the macro in the original may not be as slick and beautiful as the animated ones, the effect is vastly, vastly more convincing. So to see the macro with its claws curled round Polly and and her boot trapped and 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 Ben sort of smashing away at it and then managing to kind of pull her out because it's not it's not. It's not got as strong a hold on her as we see in the animation, or as clear a hold on her. It, that is much more convincing. Um, hmm. I've that, seen that clip. So, I wasn't entirely... I wouldn't say either the animated or the original were particularly The macro isn't. The macro isn't more convincing. No, I, I mean, even the holding. I, I feel like the holding the, suffers from the... the uh, suffers from the, let's, let's say, John Pertwee spearhead from space wrapping the tendril around his body and then pretending to be trapped by it look it, it she doesn't really look trapped by the macra possibly because they don't look very convinced but on the other hand you're right when he picks I, her I up thought, by the leg it does look funny. awkwardly wrong too i would be much more believable if it was dragging her by the leg across the ground and she's shouting yes. oh it's got me by the boot and then ben tries to yeah. hit it with and, a stick and, or and, something and I th- but, I think that I think the danger is there. You you kind of go into a well. Hey, wouldn't it be cool that we can do this with the animation now? We can we can have her hanging upside down, and it, it might actually serve the soundtrack better, given that that's what we've got to do something that is less impressive in animation terms, but more convincing in selling the story. So, a couple things then. One is the scene that got me that when I watched it both times because i've watched this through twice um that i thought this is not right and that's the scene where the doctor is changing the outflow inflow and he hands the keys to polly and he says go lock the door and then there's a pause and we see polly go up to the door and look at the lock and look at the keys in her hand and look at the lock and then go back to the doctor and go but won't they just come through the door anyway Go lock the door, Polly. And then she goes back to lock the door. It's like, I'm willing to bet she never left the doctor's side. I don't think she walked up to the door and looked at the lock and thought, maybe I should second guess the doctor at this exact moment in time while 
we're likely to get attacked by guards. I'll just go, I'll just go check it. It feels more like it's an inaction moment where she hesitates before going to the door. But it makes her look a lot stupider because <laughs> she goes there and comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, yeah. that one that one bugged me. So what do you think about the fact we've we've been lying to our listeners? This is not a complete recreation of the macro terror. No, they cut one scene out. And, and and it's it's odd. It's when you when you put this uh, when you put this Blu-ray into your player and start watching it, you get a pre-title sequence. Mm-hmm. So there wouldn't have been a pre-title sequence in the sixties. What you're what you're getting is the last the section from the moon base, which leads into this story. And obviously that has been released on DVD and it's available as real film. I kind of think. Also, there's a slightly weird choice. I have no idea why. It's in black and white. Yes. I, I, when I watched it, I thought, what, did I pick the wrong version to watch here when it started out? Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. Because if you're going to do it in black and white, why don't you just, why don't you just show the film version of it? Now, I think the, the reason that it is there is because there are some, in episode one, there are references to when we saw the claws on the scanner, which they see yeah. at the end of the moon base to give you a cliffhanger to lead into this Serial, so there's a, there's probably that logic for being for it being included there. But there's something even weirder than that about it, which is that because of the cut that you're about to allude to, there is a massive, massive continuity issue in this episode. Good, because I didn't so, see it. But well, okay, they they use it tight. So go on then. What t- tell us what the cut is? My understanding is the scene is where after the doctor and. The gang have been welcomed into the colony and they're allowed to go to the restoration clinics, the spas and whatnot. They attempt some sort of mechanical device to give the doctor a new set of clothes. That yep. scene's been removed. Yep, yep. And I and they said, oh, it's just too much of a problem to do that. So we decided to cut it out. Yeah. Well, it, yes, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's slightly it's, it's a longish scene and it involves slightly more than that. It involves... The doctor, it's, it's a machine where the doctor goes in and obviously the gag is the doctor is this kind of um, rather crumpled, scruffy figure. He goes into this machine and he comes out all smartened up and Ben and Polly are, oh, this is fantastic. And then he, there's another machine and he says something like, what, what's this? And the pilot says, oh, no, no don't, don't go into that. And, but he, he goes into it uh, later he goes into it anyway and he cut he comes out and he's been all returned to his normal scruffy self and it's apparently a rough and tumble machine um that doesn't create a continuity issue what does create a continuity issue is there is also smartening up for polly whose hair gets cut whose hair gets cut okay i knew that she got the cut sometime during the episode but and they just chose to make her short haired because she does not have it at the end of moon base which is the discontinuity when you're watching the 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 film version at the end of moon base of the clip that they decided to reanimate as the pre-title sequence yes it is black and white so it matches it being black and white prior to you know the 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 title starting but polly has long hair obviously because she has long hair for the first part of episode one of the macro terror and they've just decided that you know that's an extra head we're going to have to do for polly we can't afford to do that we'll just plus we can't afford you know the the effect of doing a smart version of the doctor um for, for a one-off gag so they decide to to 
do her short hair from the beginning. So actually, this unnecessary recreation of the pre-title sequence, which has been faithfully rendered in black and white, even though there is a black and white film available, isn't faithful because she's got short hair. Mm-hmm. What do you think about so them leaving a scene out? I mean, it's, you're right. It's not a terribly important scene. It. It's not an important scene for the story. But we could make a good argument that there are many, many, many scenes in Doctor Who stories that are not important scenes to the story. Right? Well, I mean, you, could, you, could trim, you could trim up a lot of stories from seven parts to four if you started yeah. taking an editorial cut and going, yeah, let's just not do that scene. It doesn't advance the plot. And well, we watched about 35-minute version of Marco Polo. So, yeah, you know, it can be done. I think there is an argument. When you were talking about that sequence with uh, Polly taking the keys over to the door, I think there is an argument for saying they should actually trim the audio to fit the animation in some cases now whether they should have cut out polly in the scene i was belly aching about where she says let's go inside and they don't go inside whether they should cut her saying let's go inside that i may draw a line there i think the whole thing maybe should have been handled differently but the principle is yeah i don't think there is anything wrong with with cutting it because you're not actually at the end of the day you're not recreating the the story that you would have seen because that's impossible and in a way if you're you're going to have to use your imagination for it anyway if you want the best cues the best evidence of what it would have looked like then you need to watch the reconstructions well i gotta say i I would i will stand with the color version on this um i thought it does not detract to me i i I, you could make a film in color and you can make a film in black and white and there are times like if you did it today and you made it in black and white, it would be a stylistic choice. But it was yeah. not a stylistic choice when they were making Doctor Who. It was a yes, it was. economic choice. But they were shooting for black and white. They were shooting for black and white, but that's gone. We're, we're completely making new visuals here. So yes, there, there is no, since these people are not lit the same way, they are not standing the same way, the, the sets are not necessarily the same, I'm, I'm going to go with go full color. And I thought it looked really nice. And I'll tell you where it looked best was the outdoor scenes. Yeah. I thought the planetary s- scenes looked really, I mean, far beyond the scope of Doctor Who <laughs> in the 1960s. You just look at that and you go, yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. That, that's nice. That quarry has never looked so good <laughs> by being replaced. Well, by, because uh, you, by, don't, you don't have to draw a, a quarry and then draw a, a planetary set into it if you're animating. Right. I mean right. that is that is the whole point of I guess the argument I've been making and the and the logical extrapolation from that is I have to accept the color version of it. So, uh, in a way, so I mean obviously there was a color version of Power of the Daleks mm-hmm. which actually isn't that bad, I have to admit. <laughs> oh, I know that hurt. I know that hurt for you to admit well, that. Well, it it Part of the reason is because I, I, I'm, not, I'm still not super keen on the black and white version of Power of the Daleks and some of the recolouring they do. So I think the colour... So it's interesting, particularly when you get the same animators working on different stories and obviously the animation evolves over, you know, the, just, just t- time and the advance of technology and the kind of honing and practice uh, that they that, that, that the animators get from doing more and more of this changes the quality of it and i think that the, the, what what they what they have done with this one in terms of the color is actually much better 
than what they did with Power of the Daleks, which was more kind of sort of primary colours. And this, I will accept that the, the prime version of this, the intended version of this, is in colour. And in particular, it's lit for colour. One of the best things about this animation is there is just some absolutely stunning lighting. It's not just the outdoor scenes, it's the outdoor scenes at night. You know, the shadowy scenes where um, the Doctor is meeting... Medoc. Medoc, thank you. I thought I thought we had a we had a Skype problem there for a second. No, no. He's listening. I was like, ah, no, we've lost it. A memory problem. But it, it, I no, I, th- I think that stuff looks great, and they and the and as I say, the colours are not so they are much more muted, you know, dark greens and things, and and when it because the wheel in space sequence is is colour only, and that you know that's kind of almost monochrome, but sort of with sort of blues and the and the, you know the occasional splash of colour here and there. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but the black and white version is better. That's not mm. a question of principle. It's just it looks better. It's because not only has the colour improved since Power of the Daleks, but also, and I think this might be partly because they've animated it for colour, they've got a lot of the tones in black and white better. So it's not quite as contrasty. And although they've lit for colour, those lit scenes, maybe some of them do actually look better in colour than black and white, but they still look stunning in black and white. And all the interior scenes do look better in black and white. And and I, this is obviously just a personal thing, and I'm just making a qualitative judgment. But I like the black and white version better, and I find it easier to fit it in, you know, in my head with the 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 soundtrack and the you know knowing this is Troughton plus Ben, Polly, and Jamie. I I find it just it feels more. Hmm. I I can sort of more relax into it and forget that I'm watching an animation. I haven't watched the black and white version, so I can't comment on it i am probably i wanted to i wanted to to not think that's going to be true but well i I was i was presupposed to thinking the black and white version would be streets ahead so i certainly have a bias toward black and white i think you will probably therefore if you don't have that bias you will probably therefore prefer the color i mean most people i think will prefer the color i wanted to watch the whole thing in black and white i didn't i only watched an episode in black and white so i've only got that comparison likewise i wanted to watch the whole thing as a recon i only watched one episode as a recon or one and a bit um but it but it is in it is it is it's a great thing about this package that you have the ability to watch these different versions and and make the comparison and choose choose what you like speaking of color choices what did you think of their choice and style for the opening credits i i'm so first of all have they got the credits wrong? Have or they? Did they did, did, well, did they actually change the credits between Moonbase and Macro Terra? Why are they there not is, the same credits as, as There is Moonbase? some point where they... Well, Macro Terra... Well, Moonbase had the no-face version, right? Yeah, yeah. It had, yeah. Somewhere this, this, early on, they added Troughton's face, but I don't know where they added it. I, I don't the, know. I just, I just assumed the whole of season four had the same titles, but maybe not. It's, uh, it surprised me that it had a different title. The problem is the others I mean, in season four are the faceless ones and the evil of Daleks. So, so we don't know. <laughs> we don't really know. I mean, they've yeah. got episodes of all those. We, but 
but oh yes, yeah, so we, yes, yeah, so yes, yeah, so we could look at the surviving episodes, which presumably be on Lost in Time or something. So okay, we won't we won't have the answer now, but maybe in the show notes we'll we'll have been able to do the homework on that. I I thought maybe what they'd done was because they did the titles for Wheel in Space, which they would be the correct titles for Wheel in Space. Yeah, yeah. So. And then they thought, well, we use them for Macro Terror because otherwise we'll have to do a colour version of well, the possible. titles for season four. But which, they have taken... You know, I, I, I do understand because I do think it was a bit jarring in Power of the Daleks to have black and white titles and then a colour, you know, going into colour. But I don't... I still... I, I just don't like it. Sorry. Mm, mm. I, you know, when I'm... When we watch the credits roll, because of course I'm you're watching the um, you're watching the black and white moon base footage when you're watching the color version. So, like I said, I put it on. It was in black and white. I'm like, oh, I thought I'd pick the color version. Oh well, I'm not going to stop and go back and pick a different one. I'm I'll just watch it through. And when the credits roll in, and they are in Pertwee vision. Basically, yeah. I think they took the exact style that they did in Pertwee with the circles of color and just overlaid them over the static. And I thought it worked really well. I, I mean, I, you know, for trying to figure out what you would do, because there's, there's no, but I, there's but no I frame of reference for, for what they were going to do to that, you know, are they going to an- individually animate well, all the weren't. different bubbles? And they weren't, and they go, oh, they did exactly the same cheat they did on Pertwee, because Pertwee's credits are black and white, shot through gels. That's how they did it. It's the same, it's black and white feedback, but they overlaid, they overlaid some color gels to that, um, to get the, to get the color howl around stuff that they did. So I I thought, yeah, clever idea to just. Well, that's what they did back then, so let's do that. I, I thought they looked quite good. I mean, if you're going to have color credits, I thought they did a, a bang-up job of coming as close as they could to what they would have done at that time. Yeah, yes, but, but therein, therein, lies, therein lies the kind of philosophical confusion underpinning what they are doing, because as we have discussed... There are shots in the actual episode that are nothing like what they could have done at the time. Correct. So they could have done something completely different with these credits that would have been beyond the technological capability if they were doing them in colour. Now, they they have taken the credits as they were. They've taken the black and white credits and they've made them in... They've they've stretched them for widescreen because the whole thing's in widescreen. And then they've, you know, having done a remaster on them, and then they've done this colorization, which I I agree with you, I think is influenced by the way Pertwee was done and therefore matches what could have happened at the time. But it's created something for me there, because that that certainly was shot for black and white. And and it's created something for me that is maybe the uncanny valley of of, um, colorized black and white credits, because it's too close to the Pertwee version. And there's something there's something simple and beautiful about the 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 black and white um, Troughton face credits. I like them a lot. The the version of the credits that you have it it's crisper than the earlier ones with 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 Troughton's face and all the rest of it. And I really like the Pertwee ones as well, but they are different. Mm. And this is a bit of a horrible mishmash in my view. Um, that, that's that's harsh. I I agree with you. They do look they do look pretty good. And if you judge them on their own, I think 
you would regard them favourably. But because I'm comparing them both of these others, I'm feeling like it's it's neither fish nor fowl. Okay, let me ask uh, let me ask a completely tangential question. And I realise that this has nothing. We've we've already had the sort of we've already had the debate, and and rightly so. They were shooting in black and white, so therefore when they were making these, they were lighting for black and white. They were costuming for black and white they were doing set design for black and white all that stuff those are artistic direction uh, decisions that had to be made with the technical knowledge of the limitations of the medium that they were working in so you know i i do get why when somebody comes along and tries to colorize an old black and white movie or a tv show why there is a bit of an outrage and a lot of the times the outrage comes about because how bad of a job they do because I can still remember seeing some shots of, you know, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruth where their hair was flesh tone in places. And you're just like, wow, you guys just, you just missed that by a mile. But, but let me ask this question. Because in the last few years, if you keep up with this completely trivial bit of information, scientists, archaeologists have, or paleontologists, let's get that right, have begun to find ways to analyze fossil data, certain fossil structures, and get color information out of it by looking Mm -hmm. at pigmentation and whatnot. And we know that with computer technology and with the electronic technology that they had, it's not inconceivable that at some point in the future, a computer could look at a black and white recording Uh, and actually draw back the original color as shot. I I think that will happen quite soon. I think that's a, a, a real possibility. What's your thought on that? I know that's kind of that's very tangential. Well, the, the, but, but I mean, I, it, well, my my thought is that as you say, what 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 that will do is it will it will recreate the color version. It will, it will recreate the real color, the color that was being shot on black and white film, the color that was would have been viewed by you if you were standing where the camera is in that studio. But what you'd have been looking at would have been colors that were chosen for creating. A, an effect in black and white on the screen. Mm-hmm. So to me, it, it certainly would have a, a kind of, it would be incredibly interesting, uh, you know, it would just just from the curiosity value, it would be well, 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 we'll see. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it from that point of view. Artistically, I don't really have any interest in it because I don't see anything wrong with black and white. And if that's what they were creating... Then fine. I think the reason why I I do not like colorization, not because they're bad, but just because I don't see what is wrong with black and white. That that somehow it is seen as being inferior, and in in some ways that's the opposite of of the truth. But because there's a market for color, and black and white somehow puts people off, they you know they colorize in order to try and broaden the audience and. Is it a bad thing if you can broaden an audience, though? Well, I mean, if, if you get if more you people make, watching, if you make, if you make the thing Who. worse, so give me the black and white is what I'm saying. Give me, give me mm. high quality black and white over just color for color's sake. I mean, I would, I would, I would happily watch the Macro Terror in color. I probably would still. I mean, I would by choice, I'd, I'd go for black and white, but it would be a, almost a coin toss. Power of the Daleks, I'd watch in black and white. Okay, so looking at the list before we go on the. Assuming that they've already got, you know, models and or artwork done up, so they're sticking with Troughton. The only thing that's completely missing is the Highlanders and the Fury yep. from the Deep, which, you, you know, mean in completely all episodes missing in, in the Troughton, Troughton era. era. 
in the Troughton era. That's right. Fury from the Deep is six episodes. I can still kind of see them doing that before the Highlanders. Although the Highlanders, they'd have all the characters animated, including Ben and Polly, and they wouldn't from Fury in the Deep. No, maybe they would. When do we leave? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Victoria. Okay, if you if yeah. you want to get into speculation, mm-hmm. I have an observation, which is not, it's, it's kind of observation just to, uh, in terms of the quality of the the animation um, itself, you know, just in its own terms, which it which is that um, I think there has been an advance since Power of the Daleks in in it. Um, well, I mean, it's sort of, but yeah, I mean, I I I'm still going to say it's not up to the standards of the invasion, but it's different. It's right. similar to Power of the Daleks because we're looking at the same people doing it. And since then, I think um, the animation has improved in terms of particularly the, the, the kind of facial expression and such. The body movement has always been slightly... Um, yeah, stilted. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, but, but I think what is interesting uh, about it is that that is most noticeable in Troughton. It's like they... I don't know if it's a different model, but it, whatever they've they have, they've improved the rigging, and he now has quite a large um, expressive range, and he does look different. There, you know, the drawing is slightly different, though. There, there have been some revisions made. Conversely, I actually think Ben and Polly are slightly they they look a bit different, and obviously Polly has different hair and stuff, but uh, they look to me less expressive than Power of the Daleks. And Jamie looks more expressive than they do. Like there has been more effort put into rigging the Jamie and the Doctor, which brings me to my speculation, which is, are we getting another... Are they putting more effort in there? Are we getting another story that involves both Jamie and the Doctor? And so that made me think, oh, maybe it is Wheel in Space after all, because they've done the first 10 minutes. And and that's, that's my hopeful fan conspiracy theory approach and the kind of then the realist in me goes oh hang on a minute the reason that jamie and the doctor might be better is because they put a lot of effort into doing those 10 minutes of of uh, weaving space and they look very good in that they look as good in that as as the macro terror so they already had that and we're we're still you know we're still in a situation in animation terms because i i do make this comparison to the the invasion which is kind of unfair because they're doing four episodes instead mm-hmm. of just two. So, and, and, you know, with power, it was six. So the budget has to stretch two or three times as far as it, as it, as it did for, for um, the invasion. Yeah, and, and assuming they have or, the same or, budget, which I doubt yeah. that they did. I think they put more into well, the we know, invasion. We know, yeah, the invasion had a lot of money, and it shows. But then the subsequent ones... There was quite a lot of variation between animation houses. I, I liked the Planet 55 ones, so Reign of Terror and the Moon Base looked very good to me. It's partly, I think, a, a stylistic decision, but I also think it has to do with the fact that the better animations in this series, because the, because the animation in the Invasion is in, in many ways quite crude. For, I mean, for a start, it's 2D, so you only ever see full profile, uh, full on or three quarters shots. But the whole thing is cut and edited in a way that makes it, it that, that kind of hides the weaknesses with that whereas there are a lot of scenes in macro for example where you do see these kind of quite long distance shots of people walking and it's painful or jamie running through corridors or whatever and, and you think there must have been another way to shoot that or the worst one jamie unlocking a door 
and you think, God, why why are we seeing seconds of this on screen when he's he's barely even able to turn his hands, <laughs> let alone adjust the position of the key in the lock? Yeah, it, there is it, that. It, 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 it's 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 pretty tedious to watch, and so I think in in some ways the 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 real strength of the of the best animators in this is the ability is the kind of self awareness to know what they're good at and what they're not and to make sure that they don't do the things they're not good at. Fair enough. I will just add one thing. The faces of the majorettes in the parade yeah. were terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> so, I mean, I know they're all kind of zombie-like people, but at least the people in the crowds kind of had facial movement, but they yeah. had nothing. They were just flat, terrifying, dead, soulless <laughs> as they're yeah. walking. And that's a pretty early scene in the, in the episode. The first shot of them coming forward and the, raising the arm, I'm like, oh, please, it's got to be better than this, because, uh. <laughs> Anyway. And, uh, and, and it, it, it's, it's important to, to set up your expectations. Like, um, I slight tangent, but it, it's, it's related. I was listening to, to David Tennant interview Michael Sheen, who's obviously done a number of films where he has been other people, like uh, Tony Blair or... Brian Clough or whoever, and he was talking about the whole business of um, imitating someone else because obviously that's not what he's doing. He's doing he's giving a performance. He's not trying to be an imitator, but it's in relation to someone who the audience is going to be familiar with. So how do you get them to accept you as that person? And his his thing about it was you don't have to be that person, but you have to make you have to put your audience at ease straight away with how different you are. So that they can get over that and then get into the story. And I kind of think there is something for the animators in this, which is that they need to set up the expectations of the audience about how much animation there will be in the story. So how much you know facial movement there will be or whatever in, in each character and how much, because we're going to have to do some of the work here, how much of that work we are going to have to do with our own imaginations. And I think in particular, again, it's a weakness of, of this one and Power of the Daleks, is that the animation, because they're using both 3D and 2D techniques in it, it is quite mixed. And it creates, you know, that scene you mentioned with the Majorettes, it's very different looking at their faces than it is looking at Troughton's face. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And you've, you've got to somehow adjust to that because if you just look at Troughton's face, you think, well, that's what people look like. You know, I mean, obviously he's the, the main character, but from a viewer's point of view, you don't think in terms of, well, he's the main character, therefore he's had money spent on making his face move. <laughs> it's just like, well, he's a person. And or you do, yeah. If you, had a load of, if you had a load of extras in the scene, they would look like people. They might not be the best actors or whatever, but they would, for the time they were on scene, they would look... look like people and their faces would look like real faces and that's the problem with the majorette scene there is there is a guy um he's i can't tell you what scene he's in and i can't tell you what his name is he's kind of like he may have been an actor of asian descent Mm -hmm. um and it's like i think that really is modeled off the real actor because that looks like an actor i've seen in bit parts in british television but i didn't catch the name on it but I, I, I wonder. Know. I mean, the the the, the pilot wasn't mm-hmm. drawn well enough for me to go when I watched it. That that's Peter Jeffrey. Obviously, as soon as I saw the recon, I was like, oh, that's Peter Jeffrey. And then when I watched episode two in animation, I could see, oh, they've drawn Peter Jeffrey, but not okay. well enough for me to recognise it. So I think they, I think they were doing that to some extent. They weren't just making up the characters from scratch. Okay. I, I 
you know, I figured they would do that with the main characters, but when they got to the secondary ones, I didn't know whether they would even have pictures, you know, of, well, of all the people that were standing yes, on scenes. If it's, yeah. an, if it's an extra in a scene that... He had a couple of lines, but that was it. And, and he was in the crowd yeah. scene at the end, um, not talking, but then that's just because they were reusing people they had <laughs> previously animated. But, um, yeah. All right, well, I think that's pretty much all we've got on the Macra Terror. Um, when it comes out in the United States, for people in the U.S., buy it. Absolutely. Go buy it. Buy it. Convince them to make more. We want Fury of the Deep. <laughs> well, I want Fury of the Deep. Anyway, somebody wants Fury of the Deep. I want Fury of the Deep. I want all the episodes filled in in animation. So, <clears throat> And I will not rest until they've done that. I will com- keep complaining until such time. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I hope you get the chance to join us again for another animated Doctor Who episode. Uh, Absolutely. Soon. But otherwise, please join us again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol come join the conversation on facebook or twitter all episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com our music is fight the future by amber wolf this has been a lone locust production ben regains his sentences his sentences I don't have my sentences, but we Ben's got his. <laughs>